Hey everybody and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine, alongside me as always, Ryan Frederick. And Ryan, uh, we just had a spirited debate off air. We won't get into on air, but we uh, we've we've got a lot of a lot of uh, MMA to talk about this week, and uh, it was a real busy week. I didn't even get to see all of it, uh, honestly. Um, and in fact, <laughs> as busy as it was, I sent you the notes for the rundown, and I actually forgot one of the shows. But we'll we'll touch on that briefly. But um, but the big news, and I think what we want to talk about, and anybody that read your column, is. Uh, is we got to talk about uh, Chris Cyborg. So as expected, Chris uh, defended her title, her uh, Bellator Featherweight Championship on, uh, was that the Friday or the Saturday? Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so she, you know, for the second uh, straight time, she demolished um, uh, Arlene Blanco. And uh, so now she is a champ. And reading your article, she is the... She is a free agent now, apparently. So, did she have? Had she won the contract on her last fight, and and that's why the champ this is the third fight of her champions clause, or did, did she not have a champions clause? I, I mean, I don't. As far as I know, that her contract, the champions clause, like we were saying, we were saying is it adds a year or three fights to your deal deal. But I think if you're a champion champion there's no like champions automatic champions clause to extend it you're just uh, fighting your contract as a cha- as a champion i think it's like if you win the title in your last fight then it automatically extends gotcha if you're like champion going in already already and she won the belt on like her different. first 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 fight right yeah everybody's contract i guess is julia bud yeah everybody's contract's diff- different on how on how that goes but uh but yeah, I mean, she's uh, she's openly talk about free agency, and yeah, that was the last fight on her deal. And uh, no, I don't know, I don't know that was the last fight on her deal. I think her deal actually ends in June or July. I mean, theoretically, I think she might have one more fight. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sure, I think she has one more fight, or and the contract ends in July, early July. So theoretically, they could probably get her another fight before then. But but I think they're they're talking about like she's going into free agency like she's not planning on fighting before before the contract's up so yeah so pretty much basically free agency for her and uh where 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 do you think she like if you had a gun to your head and said where you think she's gonna end up what do you what do you think (laughs) aew (laughs) really uh that's so weird knuckle fighting i don't know it's pointless for her to be in really? Bellator. It's kind of pointless for her to stick around in Bellator. And yeah, no, I and agree. the two fights she won. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. she mentioned specifically three fights that she wanted. One is Cat Zingano, which if she, you know, resigns a Bellator, that's the fight there. But after that, what do you do? She mentioned Amanda Nunez. I, Amanda Nunez fight is not going to happen unless Cyborg goes back to the UFC, and that is a one percent chance of happening. And then she mentioned Kayla Harrison. Only way Kayla Harrison fight happens is if she if Cyborg decides to go to PFL or to UFC because I have a feeling that UFC will be back in play after Harrison's PFL year is over with. So and Harrison might be sticking around for longer in PFL. Who know? Who knows? And I mean, I I don't see either of those scenarios happening. So I mean, there's really I I don't you know I'm kind of getting. The whole cyborg thing is just kind of long in the tooth because there's 
There's really oh. nothing for her I mean, left in this sport, honestly. This goes back like this goes back like ten years with like UFC and strike force. Like it's um you know, like it's it's always with her and, and it's like she's thinks she should be playing by different rules than everyone else and I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I for some reason, something in the back of my head thinks that they're going to figure out a way to do this Kayla Harrison fight. And it'll be on this uh, ridiculous idea for a pay-per-view in, uh, you know, at the end of the PFL season. So somehow they'll make that happen, whether it's co-promotion, whether she signs with PFL, who knows. But I just have a feeling it's it's going to be, a part, you know, it's going to happen on. Yeah, I don't, I don't see I don't see the co-promotion thing happening. Happening, yeah. So. I mean, it, it's funny because Scott Coker says, "Oh, they haven't called me," and it's like, "Well, you haven't called well, them either." So, you're owned, you're owned, <laughs> you're owned by Viacom, and you're going to try to co-promote, co-promote with a promotion whose broadcast partner is ESPN. They're gonna, I mean, ESPN and Showtime will have to get together to to figure out who the heck's going to be the one broadcasting it to begin with. If you're going to, right, and yeah, and ESPN's so. not going to promote a show on their news shows if it's going to be on, you know, Showtime pay-per-view for instance and and with espn so the fight the fight realistically if i'm looking at i have to be completely honest the fight would have to be under the pfl banner banner which and then on top of that like i mean is it even worth worth it for them to spend all that money for cyborg and and i mean i don't know that that fight's going to make any difference i don't know that pf PFL shouldn't even run a pay-per-view. It's 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 not no right. no no. I mean, no, regard, no. even if you have Cyborg against Harrison, I mean, nobody's yeah. going to care about it. You're not going to run it on a Saturday Saturday night. You're going to have to run it on a on a Friday night or or something. And and any any night but Saturday's dead night for dead night for uh, yeah. for MMA pay-per-views. So it's pointless to do anything. The um, I think like it's possible that this is the biggest non UFC fight out there. It's either that or another Pitbull McKee fight. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not it's not going to do 25,000 buys, maybe, maybe, um, you know, on, on under the PFL banner I, and UFC that fight, you know, that fight probably does, you know, 10 times that amount, if not yeah. more. So yeah. I mean, because because um, like I bring it up, and all you have to do is look at look at these ratings of these shows. Nobody cares yeah. about MMA. They care about UFC. They don't care about I MMA. Was, so. I was actually surprised by um, I was surprised by the last week's um, uh, Pitbull McKee number. Like they actually did like more viewers than I was expecting I mean, for that. Um, still, they like still two, only did two sixteen or something. Yeah, that's still a far cry from average and from oh from, yeah that's still that's still very low and that was just for that specific fight fight and then when you look at what they did on Friday night they only had one fight oh, that I, broke a hundred thousand thousand is from yeah. what I remember so seventy six thousand for the opener ninety seven thousand for the second fight yeah uh, and if, uh, it was ninety nine thousand for the main event right yeah and Saturday uh, probably just as bad. Maybe, maybe a little more because I think no, you know what? No, probably, probably worse actually because UFC was on basketball, um, you know, and and it's I think Friday's always been a better night for them, which is why the week before did better. Uh, but they, like you said in your last week's column, nobody even talks about Bellator anymore. Nobody knows these shows are happening. I'm, you know, I forget about them. Like I mean, and I was looking forward to these fights, and when the day came, I just completely off my radar. Like, didn't even think about it until Saturday. 
And then Saturday, I was thinking about Friday. And then I like I didn't even watch it till today when I watched. So, um, you know, and that's and I'm like a hardcore MMA fan, you know, compared to most people. So uh, but yeah. So anyways, uh, Cyborg, yeah, she she um, she kept her title. She defeated Arlene Blanco in the uh, main event, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking at this card and they've got like three fights after the main event, but five round decision, uh, which I think if you had Cyborg by decision on a, on a bet, you probably made a lot of money. Uh, cause I don't think anybody expected this to go very long, but, uh, that, uh, did you, did you see the fight? Cause I didn't, uh, I saw the first round of the fight and I saw up until the foul. And then after that, I was, uh, out cold we'll fell asleep that way yeah okay so no comment on whether or not this was just cyborg doing sparring practice from the, or where like <laughs> Belling, Blanco actually gave <laughs> from, her a fight from the looks of it from the looks of it looking at stats and stuff there was a glorified sparring match sparring match and okay. from comments i read i read it's like why it's like it sounded like cyborg took no chances in trying to finish her she was just you know just there for almost felt like she was there for a paycheck all right and uh and then in the uh co-main which uh is the to kick off the um well not kick off because it was a second match in the tournament but really it was the first title defense in the bantamweight grand prix ralphie and stotts became the new interim bantamweight championship uh defeating uh juan archuleta um maybe a bit of an upset but Stotts is now 18 and one, so maybe it shouldn't have been, but well, Archuleta is the bigger name. Uh, but Stotts is, uh, he's on a hell of a run. I mean, he, you know, that, that law, that win over Josh Hill looks a lot better now for Josh Hill in, in retrospect that he had in, uh, in his, uh, a couple years ago or no, last year in May, not even a year ago. Um, but yeah, that's his, uh, third, sixth straight win in Bellator and, uh, three, four, uh, six straight win, six straight win in Bellator, six straight win. No, actually, that that draw was in grappling. So tenth straight win overall. Um, his only loss in his whole career is to Mirab Devalishvili. So this uh, this guy to keep an eye on, real dude. Um, and yeah, Juan Archuleta was uh, you know probably most people's favorite. I thought the biggest upset on the card was uh, Alima Lay McFarlane losing to Justine Keish former uh, UFC fighter, kind of a mediocre UFC fighter at best, uh, lost in her Bellator debut, and then she comes in and beats the former champion, Alima Leigh McFarlane. Um, I think the hype train on her is probably pretty much over now, uh, would you Would you say? I mean, yeah, she was a for- she's a former Bellator champion, but she's lost like, what, two or three straight fights or something like that, or two or three yeah. the last few few i mean what she i mean we talked about how the bellator flyweight division on the women's side was rather weak and, and weak when she was champion so maybe it's just she wasn't as good at, she was good enough at the time to be champion but maybe she just wasn't good enough to stay that to stay at the top of the division or so or something i don't i don't know you know she's just i mean she's never been super impressive to me to me she's got a great look great walkout and obviously the the fans in hawaii love her but but she's never struck struck me as somebody who who's even like mid-level you know mid-level when it comes to like even like the ufc women's flyweight flyweight division so i'm not really surprised that 
she lost lost i mean she's never struck me as somebody super impressive but i mean everything she's she's the complete package minus the top level fighting ability she's just got that mid-level fighting ability in my opinion kind of kind of like a page van zant yeah kind of yeah yeah very much yeah. like that um yeah, because I mean, Justin Keish, I mean, she, you know, she's a, yeah, she's not even a top fifteen uh, UFC flyweight, and she, she won a unanimous decision. So, um, and then the other main card fight, actually, no, there's two other ones. Uh, Panchi Mix beat Kyoji Horiguchi. Eh, that, I mean, another one that you know, probably most people were picking Kyoji, but maybe it shouldn't have been an upset because Patchy's got the better record. And in the opener, Yancy Medeiros, uh, Hawaiian, who's been wanting to fight there forever, got a unanimous decision over Manu. Sanchez. The other uh, big name for Hawaii guys, former UFC fighter, Kai Kamaka III, lost in the prelim, split decision to Justin Gonzalez. So uh, a little disappointing for him. I didn't see any of this card. Um, the, um, uh, the, the, the stuff I did see was on the Friday show, and it was really only, I only saw the first two fights uh and then i had to stop because i had stuff to do but liz carmouche won the uh the flyweight title from juliana velasquez and i'm sure you know we're i guess are carmouche and uh elaine mcfarland are their training partners right yes that's correct do you know yeah that's yeah correct. so i mean that was the thing is the only way they were they were ever going to fight was if you know if one of them won the title and the other one was the number one contender so um i guess the idea of that fight is probably out the window now with elaine malay mcfarland um lo- losing uh i don't know geez i mean i guess it doesn't it's bellator it doesn't matter i guess you're, you're going to do liz carmouche and justine kish now no um, gonna, or you'll do a rematch, they're, rematch? Gonna do the, they're gonna do the rematch because of the controversial finish yeah. in this fight carmouche uh had her against the fence was in like crucifix position and she was landing some um, she started to land some elbows and she landed like a couple and then all of a sudden Mike Beltran stopped the fight and and uh, Velasquez didn't look hurt she got right back up and and it looked like well, everybody thought it was felt like it was early stoppage I saw the fish I thought it was an early stoppage because she had barely landed landed anything we've seen a lot of fighters to you know eat a lot more shots than than that i mean stoppages you know early late you don't you'd rather be early than be late but but yeah it was just kind of one of those deals where you know it was a questionable stoppage we'll say at least and uh it should be a rematch so i like i told you i didn't see it but i heard dave Meltzer talking about it and he mentioned that the um that when he was watching because he had heard about it before he watched it so he watched the fight back and what happened was as he's watching at the very split second where he thought the fight should have been stopped that's exactly when mike beltran stopped it but the 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 announcers were going off on it being an early stoppage and he figures that that's why everyone thinks it's an early stoppage now having said that I know you don't necessarily pay attention to the announcers, so I'm sure you're basing this on your own opinion. And, uh, you know, so I probably got to watch it back now and figure out what's happening. And I do intend to, but um, I just haven't had a chance to yet. So uh, if anything, I'll just go back and watch that that fourth round. And uh, But Liz Carmouche, uh, as you put in your column, she won a title, a major title for the first time in her career. Uh, you know, MMA pioneer was in the first ever UFC uh, women's fight. Uh, against Ronda Rousey, um, and uh, you know, good for her. I mean, she's had a career renaissance in Bellator. Uh, you know, really, she was doing pretty good in UFC uh, before she left. 
Um, you know, she gave, she's about the only one that gave Valentina Shevchenko a fight. Although I'm not sure that was kind of almost like a cyborg Blinkow thing, I think. But uh, that was her fourth straight win in Bellator and so over some decent names, Deanna Bennett, Vanessa Porto, uh, and now Julia, yeah, Juliana Velasquez. So good on her. Not much else on that main card. Um, I watched the first two fights and they were both boring as hell. I would not recommend my worst enemy go back and watch these fights. And the prelims, there was nothing on the prelims. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Enrique Barzola uh, won the co-main. Danny Sabatello uh, beat Jornel Lugo, who is a was formerly undefeated um, and isn't anymore. Um, Grant Neal, I guess, is the one I saw. He got a unanimous, or a unanimous decision over uh, Christian Edwards. He lost the first round. Second round was kind of close, and then he kind of dominated the third round. So, But, uh, yeah, that was the two Bellator shows. And uh, lest we forget, we also had PFL uh, last week, and I did watch that. I watched that whole card. Well, the main card, anyways. And there's, you know what people are calling a fight of the year contender. I... For me personally, I kind of still think that the two UFC fights we saw in the last, you know, month were just a little bit better and probably seen by more people. But this was a hell of a fight in the main event. Clay Collard and Jeremy Stevens. Um, Clay Collard, like Clay Collard won clearly uh, all three rounds, but Jeremy Stevens just would not quit. And Clay Collard just kept hitting them. And there was like almost no defense in this fight. Uh, both guys just landing incredible shots. And I can't remember the 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 actual strike count i'm sure you have them there but i think it was like something like 500 strikes thrown between the two of them in a three-round fight uh just just an insane war uh to kick off what was actually a pretty good card yeah or to I mean, finish off what was a good card yeah i didn't uh quite see all that show because it was on a it was on a bad night for okay. me and i haven't won i haven't really watched it yeah i did see highlights of the main event and from what i heard it was absolutely incredible and i know i know there's when you kind of look at look at who was in the lightweight tournament that was the best possible matchup for a great fight and from all yep. sounds of it uh it exceeded expectations i mean jeremy stevens is always in exciting fights and clay collard ever since he's come back to mma mma after his little boxing run with the pfl pfl he's he's had some exciting fights so so it's no surprise it's no surprise that it turned into a great fight fight of the year contender contender possibly you know i'll go back and watch it later on this year to kind of kind of you know judge it i mean it's it's hard for a pfl fight to win fight of the year because they there's you yeah. know nobody in the crowd so there's not much noise not much noise so it's just uh but yeah from all all things i heard like that is definitely a fight if you miss it to go back and watch yeah, the, the other main card fights, Roush Manfio uh, lost the first two rounds and looked like he was on his way to losing the third and, and losing the fight. And then he, he got a, a third round uh, TKO, which is kind of like the, um, well, kind of like the Velasquez fight, but this was actually a KO or maybe more accurately the um, um, Sergio Pettis uh, fight where he was losing in and ended up winning uh, with, a, with a knockout. Uh, Shoe Face got a 30-second submission over Delon Monte, uh, on, and also Olivier Orban Marcier won a split decision over Nathan Schultz. So that's probably we're probably heading for a clay collared Olivier Orban Marcier final. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, that's PFL. They'll have their second show in the um, in the tournament week.
weeks coming up, and we'll go over that in a little while. But the big uh, card of the week was the UFC on ESPN Plus, and this was a good card. Um, you uh, messaged me because you know I watch these shows late, and you told me, you know, like I think it was about maybe ten o'clock, which is eleven Eastern, ten. You said I don't know if you started watching yet, but the show's pretty easy watch, and I didn't start watching till eleven forty-five. And I was done by like 1.30 and I watched everything. Um, we had a lot of finishes on this card um, and even the fights that went to a decision were pretty good. Um, I did not tire at all. I didn't even come close to falling asleep on any of these, uh, any of these fights. Um, the main event, uh, Jessica Andrade, uh, first round submission over Amanda Limos. This was pretty good fight for three minutes and 13 seconds. Um, Jessica Andrade got a standing arm triangle choke and just put her to sleep. I mean, when when she finally let go, like Lemos just dropped, and uh, I think she was out for a second, and then came came to when she hit the ground. But uh, strong performance in her return to straw weight. Uh, Lemos was, I think, ranked number ten, ten or eleven coming in, and Andrade wasn't ranked because she was stepping down from flyweight. But she's right in that mix now. Um, you know, she's probably got to win at least one more. But um, you know, very, she couldn't have done better. I don't think. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, you can't do better than than having a first ever when it comes to the UFC. You know, the first yeah. ever standing arm triangle choke finish, and it was just it was great. Uh, it was a great finish. I mean, she she uh, Limos was you know winning the striking you know you know there and the, but then Andrade you know was gonna work in the clinch and just was able to find that find that neck and was was you know she was going for the standing arm triangle it took her a couple minutes but she's very patient and it was just kind of slowly coming together and Lemos was having trouble defending it and it got locked in and Lemos tapped and and you know she went down and she wasn't out but you know she was down and and I mean, and super impressive performance and and pretty big win for Andrade because Limos was on the way up, you know, with five straight wins. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the uh, yeah, I was. It's funny because you you because you said it's the first ever, and yet as you're watching, like you could see it coming. Like you know, it was like you probably for a good solid minute it was like okay this is how this fight's gonna end and sure enough it did so and they were even calling it like oh my god she's gonna finish her with a standing arm triangle and uh and lo and behold she did so um you know and they did uh they did it like i wish i wasn't as you know like kind of rushed for time as i was when i watched this you know and how i skipped through this because it looked like they really did a really good job of like building up this fight throughout the show like they were showing lots of video packages for it and interviews with both of them <laughs> they had a lot of time <laughs> they did have a lot of time yeah yeah but it's like it's too bad they don't have this much time all the time because uh you know and god compared to these bell tour shows like oh my god like those things are such a chore to get through um and this was anything but that yeah um, they, I mean, yeah. they had we had eleven fights, seventy-seven minutes of total fight time, and seven first-round finishes. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had yeah. a lot of time to show video packages. I mean, like you said, you sometimes wish they had more time, but they're trying to cram as many fights into a tight window as they could. They could. It's a lot better than the Fox days, where where you would have a fight. You know, Fox was more like 
Bellator, you'd have a fight in 15 minutes of video packages and talking, then a fight, you know, and then you have that, you have that going on across a 14 fight card. You're talking about eight, nine hour long broadcasts. Whereas, whereas with the move to ESPN, they're trying to fit 13 fights into a six hour window, which is just, you're going to have back to back fight, which is, which is good. I mean, the downtime kind of kills the shows. So, so the more fights, the better. And this one, this one, they got done in like, what four and a half hours from uh yeah. just just yeah. probably from the time of the first fight starting till the last fight ended was probably about four and a half hours yeah, yeah maybe 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 about five five yeah yeah because they still started at at uh still started at whenever they, they still started at five they started at like five twenty though like i mean they the broadcast starts yeah. at five yeah but they're you know they're they don't the first fight doesn't go into the cage for 15 20 minutes but after they start so and then they were done by like nine forty five, right it was about 10 o'clock yeah 10 okay all right yeah but yeah excellent uh excellent show and excellent main event uh jessica andrage you know we'll uh we'll, we'll be seeing her in uh, the big straw weight fight uh sure coming up i think yeah one at most two but probably one more win especially if it's a finish and and she'll be going against whoever the champion is coming out of uh the um uh on oh what is it nami Yunus and um Estra, uh, carla it's a carla sparza i was gonna say estrada i don't know where i got that from and in the co-main uh, another uh just over three minute uh submission uh claudio puelas uh over clay guida and uh damn this was i mean he was going for this knee bar i think it was his fourth knee bar submission um and he was just he didn't stop going for it guida was winning the kind of on the feet i think a little bit but then puelos kept trying to get it to the ground and he ended up doing that and he was searching for all kinds of different submissions and he ended up getting that knee bar and uh and he cut a promo afterwards he now i think this was the guy now maybe i'm wrong no you know what the guy that called, that said i'm not ready for this fight but i want it anyways was jordan earlier um i don't remember exactly what puelos said but uh or maybe he was because he had an interpreter and i usually fast forward those post-fight promos when they have interpreters but um nice win for him fifth straight win in a row uh you know fighting fighting out of peru uh and uh yeah el nino 26 years old wow he's younger than i thought uh but uh yeah nice big win for him over clay guida and it was the last fight on clay guida's contract you had in your uh, column so could be could be it for him eh I hope not. I mean, he's you kind of felt like not too. Of, you kind of felt like one of those guys where he was going to be in the UFC until he decided to retire. He's been he's been there for almost 16 years un, uninterrupted. But at the same time, you just kind of never know with the with these people. I don't think I think they have a hard time letting letting people who are in their Hall of Fame go when Guida technically is yeah. the guy in the hall, hall of Fame. You know, in the fight fight wing and plus they love going him in, in this year, right? No, he already he's been in for That'd a couple That'd be a years. bad look if Oh, okay. Which, which is the fight that's going in this year? Cub Swanson and Duho Choi. Oh, Cub Swanson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh yeah, I was I was yeah, mixing so. that up with this. With, so but yeah. But uh yeah, I mean I don't want to see him go either. I mean, you know, and he just had that big win over Leonardo Santos like, you know, four months ago. 
Yeah, he's he's one. He's in the whole in the stage of win some, lose some in his kind of in his career. So yeah. So uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't resign him, but I think they will as long as he wants to keep fighting. I think he he'll be with the UFC and and but uh, you just also but you also got to say just you never know these days. Well, put him in there against Donald Cerrone and let's make everybody happy. Never never saw that match yet. So amazingly enough, right? Yeah, 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 that's never happened. Uh, all right, and then uh, in maybe well, no, I mean not the main event was bigger, Gotta but do your three uh, stars. Pretty big. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, three stars. Yeah, what am I doing? Okay, I got three stars. I got three. Yeah, stars. you're trying to so you're trying to do our old our old way of review. Yeah, I know. Story. I'm uh, I'm I've it's been a long weekend, dude. Okay, my three stars. Anybody that's ever listened to this show knows the first two are going to be the two Canadians, Charles Jordan. Uh, another first round submission, guillotine choke over Groovy Lando Venata. Uh, just looked outstanding. Uh, Venata, completely different look. He shaved his head. He's got a goatee. And uh, he looked real good on the feet again, but then Jordan got him down and, and got the guillotine submission. Um, so, yeah, big, big win for him. Uh, another Canadian, Marc-Andre Berriot, uh, another first-round submission, mounted guillotine choke over Jordan Wright in uh, just uh, two and a half minutes. So, big win for the Canadians. And my, my first star, or third star, however you want to look at it, uh, Action Mike Jackson <laughs> over Dean Barry. Just destroyed Dean Barry and, and got the first round stoppage. Uh, not exactly. Uh, Mike Jackson uh, won via DQ and Barry got his second foul in under four minutes. Uh, sold it like a champ to get the DQ. <laughs> as soon as the DQ was announced, he was like, oh, all of a sudden he was, oh, he's just fine. And, oh, I didn't want to win that way. It's like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> you didn't want to win that way. You weren't going to win any other way, dude. And he's going to get another fight. So this is hilarious. The gift that just keeps on giving with Mike Jackson. Maybe he can get signed for one fight and have it canceled three times. And five years from now, we'll still be talking about Mike Jackson wanting to get his third UFC fight. So that's my third star. <laughs> I've I've got nothing to say about that fight that had no business being <laughs> that had no business being on that card. That card. He is. I mean, other than CM Punk, he is the worst fighter in like modern UFC history. Yeah. Like, not even close, right? Yeah, and even even Dean Barry. I don't know, like, like why they even bother bother with him. They're trying to find another Irish guy, guy to kind of yeah. But like, he's not ready or even good to be in there like but he was destroying mike jackson like he was yeah, on his way to a 10 mike, round because mike jackson is is the ultimate tomato can like like yeah, come on he's, like he's it's pulling like, a guy off press row literally like, like, yeah literally yeah like did you i don't know you, you weren't on twitter but after that after that fight was over i put we now enter the actual ufc portion of this card oh course, yeah, yeah. No. but uh yeah that's just that's a joke of a fight well, and I, he, that, you got my first star. I, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, being being best friends with you know when one when uh when you're best friends with one of the matchmakers, you know, you know, you yeah. get a little leeway. So, so yeah, it's kind of dumb. So who do you got? Who do you got for stars? 
Uh, first one, I'm going with Tyson Pedro. Uh, he hasn't fought. Oh, yeah. He hasn't fought since December 2018. Uh, Ike Villanueva probably still shouldn't have been in the UFC with a 1-4 record, but but it was a perfect opponent for Pedro to come back after, you know, three and a half years off or over three years off. Uh, you know, just <laughs> leg kicked the shit out of him until Villanueva's yeah. leg gave, gave out and then a punch on the ground ended it. First round knockout for Pedro. He looked good. Looked good hopefully he you know stays stays uninjured because i mean his his knee injuries and surgeries it was not good i mean i mean you know had the you know he had a cadet i think it was he had a cadaver for his acl or something something or something or something something about his acl surgery got botched by the doctors so that's why he was out for so for so long because just the, I mean, almost into his career, but uh, the, my second star, I spent all Saturday trying, you know, saying this name to try to pronounce it correctly, and I've done forgot how to pronounce oh. it. But uh, Riley, the Chinese guy, or oh. yeah, however you want to, however you say, it. I had it down perfect the other. Rocky other Lane. I don't know. I should have watched. I should have watched the a replay of of them saying it before we started recording. The so Mongolian murderer. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he had a first round first round finish of Cameron Else, and and it was a good bounce back after he had lost his first two UFC fights. He moved up to bantamweight, and he looked perfect there. He had a whole lot of power. It was a huge left hook to the body that dropped Else. It was just a vicious body shot and a whole bunch of punches on the ground. It was probably a little bit of a late stoppage, to be honest, To be honest, because Cameron Else took a lot of punches on the ground. But, yeah, it was super impressive showing from uh, Aori. And then my third star, I got to copy you and go with Charles Jordan because – Everybody was kind of everybody, myself included, was expecting that to be the fight of the night. It only went two and a half minutes, but it was a fun two and a half minutes. And 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 I loved the finish because he had that guillotine locked in so tight with his legs around Venata Venata's body that he was actually pulling Venata's shorts off, which is which I hadn't yeah. ever seen. But uh, but yeah, that was a crazy finish, and and he was the one calling out Edson Barboza afterwards, saying, "I don't right. think I'm ready for that yeah. fight, and I think I I think I'll die inside the octagon for that fight, but it's the fight <laughs> I want." So, so he should have got fifty yeah. k for that promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, both, him was, Cla- both him and Claudio Puelas uh, and Tyson Pedro, Pedro, they cut pretty good post-fight promos. So, yeah, that was just... They did, you know, yeah. They, it's it's funny how, you know, some of these some of these guys in UFC can talk. It's funny. It's funny. I mean, they're, you know, they got good personalities. So, there's there's one other thing I want to mention before you run down the rest of the card. Um the, there was a fight that we haven't talked about yet, and you'll you'll bring up, but Preston Parsons and Evan Elder. This fight was a perfect example of a fight that should have been in front of fans because the, the, that fight would have been, people would have been talking about that as a fight of the year contender uh, when it was over between two guys that you don't even know because the, I can just tell, I've seen fights like this and the, the way those two guys fought and left it all in there and went three rounds, uh, it was just a great, great fight. And yeah. uh, I, I I don't think it, it even won fight of the night, but it <laughs> I, I think uh, with a crowd yeah, it would have. There was some more, so uh, maybe not. I mean, the one that won fight it was a it was a fun fight. The one that uh, got fight of the night deserved it. So that was 
Yeah, yeah. That was right, yeah. I just think, like, when I'm watching this fight, I was like, man, this fight is good, and there's comebacks, and there's, you know, one of those, like, no defense. Like, the Guida Puelos fight, too, for the three minutes that it lasted, you know, would have been, like, crowd would have been going insane for that, too. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think those kind of fights, like, would, would just, you know, we think I had to get out of this apex, but that's a broken record. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, yeah, so like take said, us a, through the rest of these fights. It, it is... It is a broken record talking talking about getting out of the apex, but we're going to be still talking about getting out of the apex come July. So who? So we're going to be talking about fights in the apex oh. for the rest of our lives, lives for the from the looks of it. So it, it it's pointless at this at oh, this awesome. point. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, the show kicked off with the uh, non UFC fight between Mike Jackson and Dean <laughs> Dean Barry that ended in a DQ. Uh, Barry kicked him in the balls four times, uh, you know, and uh, pretty badly. And Mike Jackson was very colorful on the ground in in his response. And he claimed like he didn't. He he was he claimed his nuts were still hurting four hours later. Who knows? But then they got back to action. And Barry was nearly finished. Oh yeah. And it was a very blatant eye gouge. So, I mean, like Dean Barry was doing every foul in the book. Book on the. I mean, you don't want to say poor Mike Jackson, but. Poor Poor Mike Jackson. Nobody deserves to be kicked in the balls as hard as he did. And then a minute later, have, have I mean, Barry's finger was all the way in the eye. Like, like you know, if you're trying to yeah. rip a guy's eyeball out, that's how that's what it looks like. The, nobody deserves that, even if you're a tomato can. can. But, uh, yeah, Mike Jackson lives, lives to fight another day. Uh, then we had a light heavyweight fight. Felipe Lenz uh, scored a decision over Marcin Prachnio. Uh, Lenz looked good moving down to 205. He had fought there before but moved up to heavyweight. But he looks he looks good at light heavyweight, and he has looks strong like left. a completely different guy. Like yeah, just yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, he does. But uh, yeah, just he had a strong last two rounds to win that fight. Uh, then we had the welterweight fight, Preston Parsons, unanimous decision over Evan Elder, 30-26, and then two 30-27 scorecards. Parsons dominated the fight, but Elder was, was you know, bringing, you know, he had some good moments, but Parsons was is mainly Parsons dominating on the ground, and uh, you know the second and the third were close to ten eight rounds, but uh, but yeah, it was a good action, good action while it lasted, a really fun fight. Then you had the bantamweight fight, Aori Kling uh, finishing Cameron Ellis in two minutes forty eight seconds. Then you had Tyson Petro knocking out Ike Villanueva in four minutes fifty five seconds. Then you had a really fun fight, uh, welterweight fight, Sergey. Kondoshko uh, finished Dwight Grant in the second round. The first round was a back and forth round where they each dropped each other and looked to be, uh, I mean, both of them were close to being finished, but they survived the first. And then the second was kind of going the same way. And then Kondoshko uh, dropped Grant and finished them off off with about, you know, with less than a minute to go in the second round. Really fun fight. That's the one that got fine the night. And then the main card, we had Mark andre Barrio submitting Jordan Wright with a guillotine choke. Uh, Wright tried to take him down, but Barrio grabbed the neck and then swept to the top and had a mounted guillotine. And it was in it was in deep and got Wright to tap. Uh, you got Charles Jordan submitting Lando Venata with a guillotine choke in two and a half minutes. You had a women's flyweight fight. Macy Barber scored a unanimous decision over Montana De La Rosa. This was mainly three rounds of them battling in the clinch and reversing positions. It was 
not all that exciting and barber did had more control time and did more damage when there was actually striking going on going on but there wasn't a whole lot of action in the fight yeah claudio puella submitting clay guida with a knee bar in three minutes and then jessica Andrade submitting amanda limos with a standing arm triangle choke in just over three minutes in the main event performance bonuses went to those last two fights Andrade and uh Claudio Puelas and Dwight Grant and Sergey Kandashko got 50,000 bonuses for fight of the night. And that one as well was, you know, kind of back and forth fight that the crowds usually just love. So I think the fan, like that's another one that would have been better with, with fans. So, um, and, and then, you know, like a fight like Barber De La Rosa actually may be worse with fans because they might've been like booing it and stuff. And whereas here they just let them fight. So I would have been better but with fans because that was uh, it was a really good show. Uh, and you know what? If you haven't watched it and you. You think it would have been better with fans? Yeah. Yeah. Because Barbara you De La Rosa. Hear, yeah. Because you would have heard all the booze <laughs> instead of the silence from the apex. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, um, but yeah, I. Uh, if you haven't watched the show yet, you know what? Give yourself like an hour and a half and go watch it because you can get through all these fights and, uh, you know, like you said, 77 minutes of action. So uh, good show. And uh, I wish we had more of these. So uh, we will look ahead now, now that we've uh, gone back to, we've gone, gone back, we can go forward. And we've got another PFL this week, uh, not as big as last week's show. Uh, really, for me, like the biggest fight on the card is on the prelims, uh, which is uh, Lance Palmer and Chris Wade. Um, you know, the main event is Bruno Capaloza and Stuart Austin, like where the hell those two guys are. Uh, Brendan Lognane is... That's the guy that was on the Contender Series a couple of years ago that everyone was on, Dana White, that he should have given him a contract, and he didn't, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he uh, he was in the – he lost to Moved Kabuliev in the playoffs last year. So uh, he's back for another run at the featherweight title. But there is nothing on this main card. Like, I'm baffled, actually, by, by this. Uh, so I don't know. I'll watch because I watch everything, but I'm not – terribly looking forward to this card am i missing something or i don't even card, know what, right i don't even know what the actual lineup is because i've seen like three different <laughs> three different ones over oh, the last okay, two okay. days I, two days the one i have the latest one i have actually has lance palmer and chris wade as the co-main event so who knows what it is oh okay what's on okay. this uh, well and what, then that makes a lot more sense than what i'm looking at like yeah Ante Delizia and matthias Chaffel is on the main card no uh, the one Henry i have Herrera and the one I have okay, it has has two heavyweight fights and two featherweight fights. It has Capazola okay. and Austin. You got Kyle Boschniak and Bubba Jenkins on that. That's on, your on lineup? the prelims, yeah. Okay, that see to me that's a main card fight. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, I think it's all on ESPN Plus. Oh no, it's ESPN two this week. Uh, so it's Thursday. Uh, so last week was Wednesday. This week's on Thursday. <laughs> it's it's and not, it's it's gonna get killed in the ratings. Oh, well, last week did what, like 138,000 on ESPN? Yeah. This thing might do 50,000. Yeah. And it's going against the NFL draft. Oh, God. You know what? I'm looking at a poster. I mean, and I'm assuming it's the whole main card and it's the fights that I mentioned. So who knows? We'll find out on Thursday. Um, yeah, it's in your neck of the woods, too. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be Thursday on ESPN Plus for the prelims and ESPN 2 for the main card. And then, speaking of ESPN, uh, 
two and ESPN is uh, next week's UFC and obviously ESPN plus as well. Um, and the main event, I swear to God, before I started preparing for this show, I had no idea what the main event for this show was. Cause I don't remember them talking about it on the card. They talked a lot about the pay-per-view uh, coming up uh, in a couple weeks, but uh, they did not talk much about this card, at least that I saw. Uh, but the main event is a bantamweight fight, Rob Font and Marlon Cheeto Vera. Uh, biggest fight of Cheeto Vera's career uh, and he's you know he's been on a pretty good run uh you know he beat Frankie Edgar in his last fight um and uh yeah I think it's his first main event uh just looking through Cheeto you Vera's off the top of your head event, yeah. but I don't see any yeah I don't see any other ones and Rob Font is you know a former guy that was like knocking on the door of title contention um and uh oh my god like I mean we'll go over everything but look at the Comain like where the hell did that come from? But uh, Font and Vera, tell us about this fight. Oh, yeah, it's a very good bantamweight fight. I mean, these are two guys who who have paid their dues in the division and deserve to headline. Obviously, Font has headlined a couple cards before, but uh, but yeah, Vera's first main event, and and he's coming off a big win over Frankie Edgar. Uh, Font is trying to rebound from that loss to Jose Aldo. The winner of this is going to keep themselves in that tight bantamweight title picture. A loser isn't going to fall far back. Uh, especially if it's Vera. I think this is much more must-win for Font because that would be two straight losses. And two straight losses at 135 pounds right now is tough to bounce back from because you just got so many killers. But as far as a matchup, I think this is going to be a one hell of a fight. And I'm kind of glad it's a headline fight. It's not a it's not a huge fight, but um, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a fight that deserves kind of five rounds, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, and and that's the kind of fight that you really want to see for five rounds because I I have a feeling if this was three rounds you know at the end of it we'd be like oh man I wish we could have seen them for ten more minutes and I would not put money on this going you know like stopping or ending early like I think both these guys can go five rounds even though we've never seen it from Marlon Vera but I don't see any reason to believe that he can't so um yeah this should be hell of a fight and Vera's a real popular guy probably gonna have a lot of family and friends at the apex so uh could be a raucous uh, small crowd. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, really looking forward to that one. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we, we're not going to run down the whole card. We'll do our three fights. We're looking forward to, and then you can run down everything. But Jake Collier in the co-main event is, that's an incredible, like story given where he was, you know, a couple of years ago and, uh, fighting Andre Arlovsky, who just will never stop, uh, you know, him and, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, what's his name, Alexi Olenek, or probably heading for a fight at UFC 300 or something. Um, but, yeah, I uh, this fight, this card, like, just looking up and down it, you know, it, it's a card. I mean, it's, I, to me, it's, like, almost even a little bit better than some cards. Like, there's a lot of fighters I know on the card, but there's a few fights where I don't know either guy, which hardly ever happens. So, um, I don't know. Um, anything else that we need to spotlight before we get into the three fights we're looking forward to that you uh, that you um, can come up with? I mean, 
they're all in the three fights to really okay all right to... so you know what you do your three first because I, I have a feeling mine are gonna be different okay i'm gonna start uh, i'm gonna go featherweight fight andre feely against joe anderson brito uh both these guys are coming off a uh, off of setbacks feely didn't lose he's on a two-fight winless skid but he's coming off a of no contest and brito is coming off a loss in his ufc debut but feely especially has been known to be an action fighter for a long time from the team alpha male camp and he's usually in pretty fun fights and this will probably be a fun fight uh then a uh, uh, second fight to watch is actually the first fight on the card overall it's a flyweight fight tetsuro tyra against carlos candelario both these guys are making their usc debuts but tyra is a big time uh japanese prospect who's undefeated 10 and 0 has tons of potential and is kind of one of those guy you know he coming straight to the UFC. doesn't have to go through contender series or anything else. So when guys come straight to the UFC from somewhere and they're 10 and 0, that means they got a lot of potential and a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, they're trying to build them up. So that's a big showcase fight for Tyra. And then my third fight to watch, uh, I'm going to cheat though, but, uh, it's the main event. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's, there's, okay. there's, I mean, this card is, yeah. it's got some good matchups, but it's not, you know, some of the match while the matchups are good, some of them don't strike me as like, like, oh, you must see this fight or this could be exciting. A lot of them could be drawn out, boring decisions, whereas these three fights, I think, will actually be action packed. So I'm going to go with for my three, um, Jared Gordon and Grant Dawson on the main card, lightweight fight. Um, th- these guys have both have great records. When you talk about fights that are probably going to go to a decision, I mean, this definitely fits into that. Although, you know, um, they, they also are capable of finishing. And I just, uh, I, I'm real big fan of both these guys. And, and I think a, whichever one of them comes out of here with a win is, you know, is probably getting close to that next level of getting real close to fighting, you know, top 15 guys. So um, I'm, uh, I'll have a close eye on that one. Uh, I like the heavyweight fight uh alexander romanoff and chase sherman chase sherman's always a lot of fun he's a big meathead but uh vanilla gorilla is fun he's uh lost his last three fights so he's gonna be desperate including two of the three losses being to the two guys in the co-main event uh jake collier and andre olofsky uh but i uh, and romanoff is an unbeaten heavyweight and he's actually like in you know he's a big guy. Uh, he's not like cut and svelte or anything, but he's actually in good shape, oh, and uh, and still. What did you did you not see? You know this this you know this fight was supposed to happen this on this last card this past weekend, but it got canceled during. Yeah, it got moved during, right. Yeah, so uh, so I'm just I just kind of cutting in on the Romanov thing because you're talking about his size, but I'm guessing you didn't see him at the weigh-ins. No, was he like? He was overweight. in the past. He was like two sixty two and all that, and kind of a little on the, you know, kind of, you know, he could he could probably if he lost some weight, he'd be in better shape. He got he is now two forty and kind of ripped. <laughs> so now, okay, in, well, I was gonna say like I always remember him being in pretty good shape for a heavyweight, but oh, he's he, like Jack now. You're saying. he he lost twenty pounds and he looks incredible shape. And then, of course, okay, okay, awesome. And then, of course, if you don't know the Chase Sherman story, you know, he was actually out of the UFC. He was his, yeah, after the three fights, but uh, he he uh took this fight on short notice and got a new UFC contract out of it, out of it after having his contract not renewed okay, after cool. the la- last fight. So, second time, right? Because he was cut once before. This will be was, his, he was doing bare fighting for a little yeah, while. 
yeah, this will. I guess you could say, even though he didn't have a fight in between stints, this would technically be his third UFC stint. Though you okay. know, though if you want to cheat and say it's still a continuation of his second stint because he didn't fight anywhere else in between, didn't I actually leave. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I okay, and then, well. and then if you, if if you know me, you probably think I'm going to pick Darren Elkins and Tristan Connolly, or maybe Gina Mazzani and Shanna Young. But nope, I'm going to pull a wild card and I'm going to pick Johan Linese and Gabe Green, just because I see that Linese is an eight and contender uh we saw him on the contender series get a first round knockout last summer and uh or sorry last winter uh november and uh he has i'm just looking at his record right now six two four yeah six finishes in eight fights i remember seeing this guy in tko uh back when he aired on ufc fight pass and uh you know he was very early in his career then but you could tell he had something and uh, i'm really uh interested in him uh he's out of uh, quebec obviously and uh he's uh, yeah he's a guy that i want to keep an eye on so there are a lot of undefeated fighters on this card uh or well two anyways um you got romanoff and Linese, so Oh, and Tyra, uh, the guy you mentioned. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, again, not a huge card, but uh, so it could be some fun fights. And sometimes these fights, these cards are the ones that deliver. I don't know if it's going to be tough to deliver as well as last week did, but um, let us know the rest of these fights. Okay. So, uh, we start off uh, on ESPN2, 4.30 Eastern Time, 3.30 uh, in in our uh, neck of the woods. But uh starts off with the flyweight fight. Tetsuro Tyra against Kendall, Carlos Candelario. Then you have the women's flyweight fight, Gina Mazzani and Shanna Young. Then you have a lightweight fight, Nathan Levy against Mike Breeden. Both these guys are 0-1 in the UFC, so the winner will be getting their first UFC win. Uh, then you have the welterweight fight, Gabe Green against Johan Liness. Uh, and then you have the heavyweight fight, Alexander Romanov against Chase Sherman. And the prelims close out with a flyweight fight between the champion's uh, older brother, Francisco Figueredo. Uh, he fights Daniel Lacerda. And maybe uh, if Figueredo wins, we'll get my dream fight of brother 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 versus brother for the flyweight title, though I doubt it's ever going to happen. Then you go to the main card on ESPN. It starts at 7 Eastern time. Uh, Middleweight fight. kicks off with a middleweight fight. Christoph Jocko against Gerald Mearshart. We've seen Mearshart a bunch of times. Uh, He's, you know, he usually has pretty good fights. The opposite could be set for Jocko. He usually has pretty boring fights. So this could go, go either way. Then you have featherweight fight, Darren Elkins against Tristan Connolly. Darren Elkins has never been in a fight that he didn't enjoy, and he always gets bloody. So even, you know, I mean, Darren Elkins could probably sneeze and and uh and he and he starts bleeding from the top of his head. So uh, I mean, that could be a pretty fun fight. Connolly's Connolly's been in some fun fights. He's most remembered for that for taking that fight against Michelle Pajaya on like few days notice and scoring the upset because Fajaya was acting like a jackass. But uh, but yeah, that, that might be a fun fight. Then you had a lightweight fight. You were talking about Jared Gordon against Grant Dawson. Uh, featherweight fight, I talked about Andre Feely against Joe Anderson Brito. Heavyweight fight in the co-main event, Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. Then you end the night with the Bantamweight main event, Rob Fine against Marlon Chito Vera. Yeah, should be uh, should be a fun night of MMA on fr- on uh, Saturday. So that kicks off at four thirty Eastern. So a little bit earlier and twelve fights. So probably done by what eleven ten ten uh, our time. Uh, so maybe even a little bit. They'll earlier. try to 
He'll try to shoot for nine. Yeah. Hard. Nine. Okay. So 10, 10 Eastern. So uh, getting time for the late NBA game and uh, hopefully uh, no spoilers. Cause I haven't finished watching, but I have a pretty good idea how it was going. Uh, hopefully my Raptors will still be playing by Saturday. Um, all right. And, uh, so that's going to do it for, uh, the, um, the upcoming MMA. Uh, there's also a Uri Faber, um, a one combat show that they were talking about on the, on the broadcast that's airing on UFC fight pass, uh, on Sunday, but, uh, we got some news and there is a little bit of news and looking, scanning down your thing. The thing I'm most interested in. And again, a lot of times I'm seeing this stuff for the first time when I read your column and it was that Robert Whitaker is out of, uh, his fight with Marvin Vittori. And, um, uh, that would, was supposed to be on UFC 275. And you are suggesting that you would take Vittori and put him up against Darren Hill for for that uh, rumored show in Liverpool in July. Well, I mean, the Liverpool show isn't rumored. It's just not announced yet. But uh, yeah, on July twenty. Okay, okay. Twenty third, twenty third. But uh, but I mean, Liverpool. We we've talked about Liverpool. I mean, the three fighters from Liverpool that you expect on the card are Darren Till, Patty Pimblett, and Molly McCann. And I've said that yeah. Till should probably be the headliner with Pimblett in the co-main. And when you look at potential matchups for Darren Till with uh, Vittori not having an opponent, it kind of makes sense. I don't think they'll do it they'll do it because okay. Vittori is not a favorable matchup for Darren Till because of the wrestling and all all that though those two would build up a fight pretty fun I mean I guess it'd be pretty fun we know how Marvin Vittori you know he kind of talks like a high school jock high school jock where every other word is a is an expletive and but and Darren Till is somebody who can get under his skin uh I think it would be a good fight for that show as a headliner. I don't think that some fights would be made. If I had to guess, it would be Darren Till against Jack Hermanson because that's a fight they've tried to make a few times. But, yeah, I mean, but the point is Robert Whitaker out with an ankle injury. Uh, he's going to fight. He's planning on fighting again in the fall now. So uh, that's a okay. that's kind of a blow to that Singapore card. But now you kind of like – it won't overshadow. It won't overshadow or be overshadowed by the Joanna Whaley rematch before the two title fights. So it kind of, it's kind of True. like it's kind of it. It's a hit to that card, but at the same time, it's probably better off not being on that card, in my opinion. And uh, and the uh, the winner of Cerrone and Lausanne in a couple weeks, they can fight uh, Patty in the co-main. Yeah. There's my little matchmaking for yeah. for everybody. Uh, what else are you, do you want to highlight from these news? Uh, Francis Ngannou? Uh, well, we got we should probably talk about Francis and more so on his uh okay on his interview with Ariel Hawani today because uh, Francis was at okay Francis was at the Tyson Fury fight on on Saturday and. They were. It was brought in the ring by Tyson after the after he won, and the two were teasing a matchup. And Naganu is, of course, he's going to be talking with UFC about a new deal. Uh, he said that he feels like he can fight uh, coming off his knee surgery in December. So. The interesting thing is, and Tyson Fury was talking about how he's retiring from boxing after this. So, 
I'm kind of putting the tea leaves together and then, okay, let me back up a little bit. And the Ghana was talking about all these kind of different rules, mixed rules. And Fury was talking the same, same freedom, the tea leaves to me, it feels like it's becoming less of an actual fight between the two and more of like an exhibition fight, which means it's okay. kind of, it kind of feels meaningless. And if it's not an actual fight, if it's an actual exhibition fight, the fight really doesn't matter. It doesn't, there's, it's kind of pointless to have it because, because, you know, you're going to have, and, and there's probably going to be a lot of bickering between the two when it comes to actual negotiations about, about what rules we're going to be under to the point where, where I'm not even confident that a fight will be, would happen between the two, between the two. But uh, Nagano said that when he goes to negotiate with the UFC, he says the Tyson Fury fight has to be a part of the negotiations. But I, I'm not confident that the fight is actually going to happen, even if the UFC okays it. Okays it. There's just too many like variables, and it's like whatever juice there w- there was for that fight, it's being quickly squeezed by all these talk about all this talk about you know what what rules are they going to be in? It doesn't feel like it's going to be an actual fight. It feels like it's going to be just an exhibition where where you know one round is under one rules, one round is under the other, and there's no actual winner of a fight because because if it's a straight up boxing match, Francis Nagano has zero chance <laughs> of winning that fight. Yeah. Win that fight. He's got the and same I, chance Mike Jackson yeah. had against Connor Berry. Yeah. And honestly, if the fight uh, ends up being an exhibition, like it's Nagano's not gonna make the money he thinks he's gonna make for it because because why would you pay I mean, why would these people pay big purses for, you know, fights that for a fight that essentially doesn't matter? So I mean, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of guarantee they can get from, um, you know, whoever's going to broadcast it. Yeah, like if it's you know, like Triller would have given Trill, yeah. Triller would have paid money for this a couple of years ago, but they wouldn't now. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I and can't it, see Showtime or or ESPN or anybody paying for this. And, and the funny thing is, if it's if Nagano's under a UFC deal, if they sign him and they okay this fight. ESPN Plus would have to be the promoter, and I don't see them wanting it. So no, no. I mean, unless unless they think that maybe they can get a foothold in England, uh, you know, with Tyson Fury. But I mean, I, if for an exhibition, Fury's, yeah, Tyson Fury's fights have already been on ESPN Plus. This, this last oh, one okay, was, okay. Was I mean, they just wouldn't be interested in this. Okay, oh, I it's just it's. I uh, I didn't see I didn't see the fight. Like I I heard about it, but yeah, but I Fury, uh, I'm not paying but money for a Fury for a boxing match I mean, unless it's Fury's next move is, you know, from the sounds of it, his next move is WWE and and he you know he talked yeah about, that he big talked, stadium show in in September yeah, yeah. and right. he talked about not boxing anymore, which I mean. I mean, there's really nothing left for him to do, to be honest. I mean, I do, I do think he'll at least come back for one more, one more fight, but it won't be until next year, next year. And you know, honestly, Nagano is is being. I really think Nagano is being dicked around by a, by his management team, okay. his management team, and we all know we all know the well, UFC and, they, and you've mentioned it before. They have the team. feud. They have the feud just, with if UFC. He would just dump right? his management team. Yeah. Team, everything would be would be a okay. Go ahead, I cut you off there. 
Yeah, if Nagata would just would it would just drop his management team and drop Markel Martin and drop CAA and get a different management team, there's zero question there would be a new deal. But but Markel Martin is so mad so mad that he lost his forty thousand dollar year job with UFC seven years ago that he still wants to stick it to him to him. So he's he's you know whole he's ill advising Francis Naganu, you know. Uh, and uh yeah it's just it's it's dumb francis should be fine francis should cash in on whatever time he has left left to fight mma because honestly if this fight with fury ends up being just an exhibition fight you can do it years down the line it's not going to make any difference whether it happens in 2023 or 2026 at this point at that point all right. Um, and then I think the only other thing that I thought I found interesting in, in your news rundown was uh, the the stuff about the USADA drug testing updates. Uh, so you, you mentioned in your column, for those that haven't read it, there's one fighter under UFC contract that you could find that has not been tested thus far in 2022. Um, now, you mentioned some that have been tested, including John Hathaway. Who, uh, you know, if you've only started watching MMA in the last five, six years, you've never heard of this dude because he last fought in 2014. Travis Brown, uh, Ronda Rousey's husband, hasn't fought in five years. He's been tested. Uri Faber, who's still fighting uh, and he's coaching and he's got that big show coming up. Um, but he, uh, he's he been tested three times this year and he may even be retired. John Jones, who hasn't fought in over two years, he's been, he's been, uh, so there's one guy that's never been tested so far in 2022. Um, I, who is it? Mike Jackson? No, it's Connor. Obviously, it's not Mike it Jackson because I Mike know Jackson it's Connor. We're going to play the game for a while. You're going to, yeah. Else. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I mean, but I mean, I can't yeah, say Connor for, McGregor has not been tested. I can't. I can't say for certain he's the only UFC fighter because I would actually have to go go like check like get the list of every UFC fighter and hit and check them off as it. But from what I'm looking from what I'm looking, he's the only yeah notable name that I've that. Is hasn't shown up on the on the drug testing pool thus far this year, which is kind of odd because I'm not 100 percent sure this is a rule, but from what I knew is every fighter is supposed to be tested every quarter. You're supposed to be tested at least four times a year, four okay. times a year, you know, at, at a minimum. I I can't believe minimum. like John and Hathaway fact, is still under contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still under contract, still in the testing pool, and. And all that, but and, you know, same with Travis Brown. All these, uh, I've heard, I've heard talk about Hathaway uh, coming back, coming back. I've been hearing talk about it, about him coming back for about the last six months to a year. Or so, so it's possible he could fight again. But uh, and but He's yeah, it's just interesting that of all people. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, he's still super young, but uh, it's just interesting of all people who hasn't been tested and uh, I. Don't know, he, it's Connor. It's just weird. I mean, it, it yeah. raises questions. It raises questions about what, yeah. about what's going on, what's going on there. Because everybody else has been tested, even yeah. guys who haven't fought in years, even guys who haven't, fought, you know, both Diaz boys have been tested this this year. I mean, everybody's been tested, tested like they're supposed to, except for him. His name's not in the databases, haven't been tested. So it's just, it's weird, honestly, in my opinion. It's just. Is usually there's kind of yeah signs pointing towards something there. Cause, yeah, because well, you can't use I mean, it. Uh, can't use the thing. I imagine uh, he's going to be. F- 
Yeah, you can't really use the thing of oh he's been injured. I mean there's guy there's guys that are injured who are getting tested. So that's yeah. not a that's not an excuse. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean John Jones apparently. Uh, well no, no, he's not injured. He's uh he's just in a contract dispute. Um all right. Uh so we have some upcoming fight announcements. Not much. Um I mean I guess the one that sticks out for me is the guy whose name you love to say. But other than that, I don't see anything. What's that? Anything you want to highlight? Oh, uh, du, du, Duplessis. Yeah, you got a couple of fights for uh, yeah UFC two seventy six. First, you have Uriah Hall against Andre Muniz, and then you have Brad Tavares versus Dracus Duplessis. And you know, as he yeah. as he normally as he so eloquently said after his first fight, and then uh, an interesting fight on July twenty third, Muhammad Mokayev against the debuting Charles Johnson. I I heard there was like like literally every fighter that they offered Mokayev to turned it down. And they had to go. They had to go sign somebody who they were targeting for the contender series to a UFC deal just to get him an opponent. So, so yeah, Mokayev is going to be the next Habib and all that, and Islam. You know, you know, the guy yeah. that everybody turns down. Islam Makachev, yeah. And uh, Charles Johnson is. Uh, I, I thought I recognized the name. I think I may have seen him on an LFA. He's he's won four in a row, uh, three of them by stoppage. So, you know, I'm sure he feels pretty confident. Um, but, yeah, he's probably going to get wrecked. Uh, yeah, not not much else. Uh, slow week for uh, for the matchmakers. But uh, at Trishon Gore and Josh Fremd, who we just saw win last week. Uh, Trishon Gore is, of course, the last year's Ultimate Fighter winner. And this year's Ultimate Fighter is scheduled to kick off not this coming week, but the following week. So we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit, too, because I imagine I'll be watching that if I can find the time. I got to start. Yeah, because like, you're a huge Juliana Pena up. fan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, oh my god, maybe I'm not gonna watch this show. I, I'm gonna have to listen to her for like 60 minutes every week. I don't know. I may decide not. I may decide to skip this year. Actually, I, uh, I yeah, I I forgot about that um, until I saw it on the previews. But who knows? Maybe the magic of editing will turn her into a baby face. But I have my <laughs> doubts. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess that's just going to do it. So uh, Ryan, uh, I, I guess you'll have your uh, preview for the ESPN show uh, coming up on Thursday or Friday on uh, on Fight Game Media. And of course, you're right up on the Wrestling Observer. I just read the write-up for last week's show. Another great job. Um, and, and now you got Dave on the open scoring uh, bandwagon as well. He talked about that in his Bellator write-up. Um, so the, uh, but you'll have the, your roundup of this past week's card on next week's observer, which will drop on Friday. And then of course, covering the fights for wrestlingobserver.com and me, I'll be on the dynamite show tomorrow as you're listening, uh, with Jeff Hawkins and, uh, got, uh, had an interesting, uh, grandpa Des show that, uh, will be up by the time most of you listen to this. Maybe, uh, it's dropping Tuesday evening, but I had my first in studio quote unquote guest. And that was a lot of fun so a uh, guy by the name of jimmy mack uh comedian radio tv personality big big wrestling fan so i uh, look forward to that on on my youtube channel grandpa des so for ryan i'm paul and ryan why don't you take us home like you always do all right i hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend